welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here, you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the show. My name is Ashley, and I am so thrilled you are here today. Whether you're a new listener or whether you've been here for the year plus that we've been running this, we are so excited to have you. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I'm talking with Kathleen today. She's another registered dietitian, but she specializes in plant-based eating for endurance athletes. And it was a fascinating conversation because this is kind of the opposite of what I do. If there, if it's possible to even say that there's an opposite, because basically what I do is just strength training. And what she's talking about is like all cardio with a little bit of strength training. What I do is a lot of strength training with a little cardio anyways. So it was really cool to hear her give some practical tips on how endurance athletes can fuel and nourish their body, especially when they're plant-based ways, endurance athletes can optimize their day-to-day training. We talk about that and just some things that her and her husband, Dawn, which she talks about how, what they use and kind of specific things that they eat before going out for these long endurance training exercises and even race day, all that kind of stuff. So it was a really, it was a really neat conversation. So Kathleen, like I said, she's another registered dietitian, which, you know, I love talking with other dietitians. She's married to Don, who is a triathlete. He's qualified for both the world championships and 70.3 worlds twice. And Kathleen, thank goodness, she does talk about what some of these terms mean or what an iron man is, um, because a lot of us, don't know. I mean, I didn't know what all went into doing an Ironman. And let me tell you, it's a lot. (laughs) So they focus on plant-based nutrition and mindset to empower endurance athletes to fuel their body for sustained energy, endurance, and faster recovery. Kathleen's plant-based journey has evolved over the years, but a little more than 10 years ago, she started changing the way she ate so that their plant-based nutrition could support Dawn's athletic goals. Kathleen meets athletes where they're at on their nutrition journey and provides the tools and concepts for them to make sustainable changes that provide the support their body needs to thrive. And she does this without counting macros, without counting calories, which you know, I really appreciate. So I like the way that she approaches this endurance space without counting and kind of leaning more just into the intuitive side of eating and recovering. So please join me in welcoming Kathleen to the show. Welcome to the show, Kathleen. Thank you so much for having me here, Ashley. Yes, I am so thrilled to have you. So I've actually been following Kathleen for years. And anytime someone reach out, reaches out to me related to anything that's like long distance related and plant-based eating, I send them to Don and Kathleen, um, which we will show you where to connect with them and everything, just because they're such a wealth of information when it comes to endurance training. So Kathleen, before we get into all those great details, I would love for you to tell us just a little bit about yourself and also how you became plant-based. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm originally a California girl living in Charleston, South Carolina now. So when I was back in California, I was going through the dietetics program there and living on my own. And let me preface, 
preface by saying that when I lived with my parents, we were huge meat eaters. And I know what, I know, you know what that's like, (laughs) meat at every meal, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I left to go to college and I just found that meat was really expensive. And so I wasn't really buying it very often and preparing it on my own. And then early on in my education, I had met a couple of gals that were in a lot of my classes and both of them were vegan from birth and, you know, their entire life. And so I learned a lot from them. And then I learned a lot uh, in my classes, uh, just about animals and the whole process and everything. And it just really didn't sit that well. So little by little, I just started taking the meat out and I really didn't miss it. I will say that in the early years, I don't necessarily think I was very healthy plant-based even as a dietitian. And I think I, that happens to a lot of people when there's not a plan. And I guess I really just didn't have a plan. It just kind of morphed, you know, into Mm -hmm. not eating meat very anymore. But anyway, yeah. So I, I feel, you know, over the years, my plant-based journey has just continued to evolve. And I think, you know, if you're, if you don't go from eating meat to vegan, which I think you might've done, I'm not quite sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me about three years, but basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, when people are starting to eat more plant-based, it's okay to have that journey. And that's, you know, again, mine has morphed over the years and especially probably in the last five or six years, you know, I've taken a lot of stuff out and added a lot of other non, um, meat or animal products in. So, yeah. So I ended up here in Charleston. I did my dietetic internship here and that's where I met. I met Dawn here. We're both from the West coast and really, yeah. Uh, So, and that I just ended up staying here, but um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me from California. And that's kind of how my plant-based journey came about. Dawn, you know, was regular standard American diet. I was wondering. Yeah. And so um, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but yeah, he's kind of, he's just really on board with the way that I was eating and, and now he's doing the same thing. So, yeah. So I'm curious how that, well, first of all, I think that's wonderful. I didn't know that Don wasn't plant-based when you all met either. So that's pretty mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. And now he he's was this, like basic diet. <laughs> yes. Now he's just like plant-based Iron Man. So as y'all were transitioning, how did that impact maybe like your training or performance or what you were doing at the time? Yeah. So it wasn't, it's not so much for me because I mean, I had been eating plant-based for a long time, although I feel like it was morphing into something, you know, more and more, I guess, I don't necessarily want to say healthy, but just nutritious and nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. But when, when Don and I met, he was just starting to dabble in some short races. So maybe some sprint triathlon, some half marathons, things like that, 5Ks. And, you know, we were dating and little by little, you know, the distances started to get longer and, and he was, he was doing well. I mean, he was a good athlete, but he really wanted to improve and he wasn't sure exactly 
how to do that. But in triathlon, they call nutrition the fourth leg of triathlon because it oh, is so important. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and so he saw the way I was eating and just thought, well, maybe if I dial in my nutrition a little bit better, that could help. And so once we had moved in together, you know, it was, this is what I cook and I don't cook meat. And so it was kind of like one of those things, well, okay, I'll give it a try, you know, and let me see if it can help my performance um, as well. And my, my recovery, because I think the recovery is really important. But anyway, he started just kind of eating the way I was. And we were trying to kind of tweak and adjust some things just again, because he's an endurance athlete, he just found that he was performing better. He was recovering very well. So he didn't have like a lot of sore, long days. Uh, He was recovering very quickly and could get into that next workout really easily. But the more he ate plant-based, he just found that he was again, recovering better. He was going into his workouts with more energy. He had more endurance and he started finding himself getting on the podium more and more. And so his big goal was to qualify for the world championships in Kona, Hawaii. And so he was able to do that after his second Ironman. Wow. Yeah. So he, he was able to set that goal and, and get there right away. Oh my goodness. <laughs> for any triathletes listening, they know that that, that is like the biggest dream. So, wow. Yeah. So the, the, the world championships are, are Kona. That is basically like the, t- where the top Ironman people mm-hmm. go. And for yeah. those of us, or for those of us listening who don't know what an Ironman is, could you explain what that is as well? Cause I know it's really long. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there's different stages. So there's, you know, the sprint triathlon, Olympic half Ironman, full Ironman. And so the full Ironman, I, I meant to look this up because I always like goof it up, but it is, I think it's a 2.4 mile swim and then it's a 112 mile bike and then it's a marathon. Wow. Um, so I think that's 26.2 miles, something like that. And you do it back to back. Yeah. So all in yeah. one day, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it can take, I mean, really great athletes, you know, the professionals, I think they're in like the seven or eight hour range and some, you know, it takes all day to complete, but they complete it and they're still an Ironman. So, wow. yeah. So here, Don, it sounds like he was already doing pretty well in some of his races, but then when y'all, him especially started transitioning to plant-based and kind of adjusting some things, it sounds like he found himself, like you said, more on the podium, recovering better, maybe not as sore as like some of his buddies that he was training with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he qualifies for Kona. Like it sounds like in no time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's not all about nutrition. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of other things that go into it with training and sleep and, you know, decreasing your stress and, and all of that. But nutrition is a big part of it, you know, and just trying to figure out not only to feed myself, but then, you know, to feed somebody that's training for a full distance Ironman and what does that look like? So I had to do, you know, some research and kind of piece the puzzle together and figure it out. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious, just for, more from a dietitian perspective, did you ever expect yourself to go this direction with your career? Not really, because when I got out of school, I, you know, which was a while ago, a, and you may have heard this from other dietitians, there wasn't really a lot 
out there. So it was expected that you would either, either go into clinical, you would go into food service, or you would go into community nutrition. And nobody was, you know, well, I wouldn't say nobody, but a lot of dietitians really didn't know that you could, you know, start your own business and do what you want to do. And of course, when I, you know, became a dietitian, I didn't know Dawn. And so I didn't really know anything about being an endurance athlete, but it's, it's been, it's been really exciting because my last job, I was in clinical for 11 years and that's where I wanted to be when I first started. But Mm -hmm. after a while, that's not where I wanted to be anymore. And I really wanted to be on the other side where I was helping people either with their health. So they weren't getting sick or, you know, in this case, helping athletes really, you know, strive for and meet their dreams that they create for themselves. Yeah. 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 So how did this, I guess, kind of along those lines, how did it morph into the business that you have now? And kind of when did that all start? Yeah. So about five years ago, I think it was, I finally left the hospital and I started out uh, with my own business and I was really mostly just working with women who had lots of different health ailments and helping them use food to correct those or, you know, decrease uh, the symptoms that they were having. And so that's what I did in the beginning. But long before that, Don and I had always kind of played around with the idea of helping endurance athletes or working with endurance athletes. And then we'd kind of let go of the idea, you know, cause I was still at the hospital and, and then I, you know, left and opened up my own business. And a couple of years into that, or so three years into that, I decided, well, we kept talking, you know, do we want to start this thing on this, you know, helping endurance athletes? And so I was like, why not? You know, if we want to do it, let's just do it now. And so we just kind of started changing over and making our focus endurance athletes. And really, it was a right around the time that Game Changers came out. Oh, yes. Yeah. So athletes were like all gung-ho on the plant-based diet, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was right around the same time. Um, Game Changers had already come out, but not long before that. And um, so we kind of were tossing around like how, of course, I'm the dietitian, so I want to help with nutrition. I want to focus on that but I just wasn't sure exactly how. And then I just thought, well, why don't we focus on plant-based? You know, I mean, that's what we do and it works really well. And I think now we have so much information out there, um, probably almost too much, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I feel like there's so much more information out there around plant-based and then how that can be incorporated into the athletes world. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like it was meant to be like the timing just worked out really, really well. Yeah. So when clients are coming to you or you're working with clients or people are asking you questions kind of in this space of plant-based and also being an endurance athlete, what kind of struggles or common things do you see that people are, you know, have just having a tough time with maybe need your guidance? I would say, you know, for newbies that are coming in and wanting to learn about plant-based and, or, you know, transition their diet, I think probably the biggest thing is that they just don't really know where to even start. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure if you've experienced that with some of your clients, but, you know, again, Google is great, 
and there's a lot of information, but it can also be somewhat harmful or not necessarily harmful, but just really overwhelming. And it can be very time consuming to look at lots of, you know, what do I do? How do I eat? How do I make tofu? How do I prepare tempeh? (laughs) You know, so it's like a big puzzle and you have to put the pieces together. And truthfully, endurance athletes just don't really have a lot of time because, you know, they have full-time jobs. A lot of them have families and then they're trying to fit in, you know, swim, bike, run and train for lots of races. So, Uh, they just don't have a lot of time to do all that. So I feel like for newbies, the biggest thing is that they just really don't know where to even start. And then if they've tried on their own, a lot of them end up under fueling. And so they really feel this in their long rides or their long runs, they're kind of hitting the wall or bonking. And it's like, well, why what's going on here? For more of the seasoned athletes, I I feel that one of the biggest struggles is that they really don't understand how much nutrition they need to support their body. And many of them are just under fueling. And mm-hmm. that's a big thing that I see. And in the sports world, you know, you want to be fit, you want to be lean, you want to look like everyone else, because you know, lean equals fast. And that's not necessarily true. But that's the belief. So a lot of them are either they're under fueling consciously or unconsciously. And just, again, just don't really understand how much their body needs, especially if they're fueling for long distance races. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. I'm curious for someone who is maybe under fueling, but they don't really know that they are. How do you work with someone to kind of identify that? Cause I, I would imagine it would be challenging to really know if you're under fueling, especially for someone who isn't trying. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, keeping a food record is kind of the first place to start uh, just understanding, you know, what are they eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Are they including snacks? Are they staying away from snacks? Because some athletes do, they don't want to include them. Yeah. You know, what are they eating at these meals? So just getting a really detailed food diary is really important. And these are for one-on-one clients. Sure. One of the other things that I will do a lot of the time, which I don't encourage this long-term, but I will have them track in either chronometer or my fitness pal and do like two days during the week and one day on the weekend, just to kind of get a feel again of what that looks like and where their calories and their protein are landing. And then we can adjust. So are they under just a couple hundred calories? Are they under like five or 600 calories? And then we know like, okay, where can we add these in, you know, and, and then you can from their work, you know, in a, in a way that they understand how many calories they need and how they can adjust that throughout the day or add those extra calories in throughout the day. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. Cause I would assume some people just maybe don't even know how much energy goes into being mm-hmm. in the water on a bike or running for the periods of time that y'all are doing it, which is a mm-hmm. really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So again, just, you know, food diary is really important or just doing some short-term tracking just to get some information, Mm -hmm. some important information, and then working from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some practical tips for endurance athletes, since that's your area of expertise that endurance athletes can use to fuel and nourish their body with plant-based eating? What are maybe some common tips that you recommend? 
Yeah. So the first thing is just remembering that you can't go to a plant-based diet and just eat vegetables. Mm, true. <laughs> You've got to include a lot of those nutrient dense, calorically dense foods. So really the calorically dense. Um, so working with them on that, making sure that they're including those. I think some easy practical tips are just making sure that you're mixing and matching your foods. And this can really help to make sure that you're getting all of your macro nutrients. So the carbohydrates, the protein and the fats, it can also help get a variety of nutrients in, right? So you're not getting the same nutrients over and over. I also like to encourage them to think about like layering their foods. So for example, if an athlete is eating oatmeal in the morning, well, what are you putting on your oatmeal? Are you cooking it with a plant-based milk or are you using water? Are you adding seeds like chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax seeds? Are you adding nuts? Are you adding nut butter? Are you adding fruit? So again, it's really helping you get that calorie level up. You're getting your protein and then you're getting a variety of nutrients as well. And then I feel like athletes, a lot that I've spoken with anyway, they really pride themselves on eating the same things over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to discourage that to a certain degree and really encourage athletes, you know, to nourish well, you want to be including variety. So just, you know, including, it doesn't have to be every day. You don't have to eat something different every day, but just mixing it up, you know, week to week or, you know, just making a conscious effort of that. So eating by season can be really helpful and getting different, you know, vegetables and fruits in. And we know that, you know, when you have variety, it's, you're not only getting different variety of nutrients, that's really important that supports the athlete body, but we know that it's really important for good gut health too. And when we have good gut health, we have good overall health and longevity. So that's really important because I know these endurance athletes want to be doing this into their eighties and nineties. Yes. <laughs> yes. Didn't Rich Roll just have someone on who was like in his hundreds. I think he was still running Probably, a marathon. Yeah, it, something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're right. We have a local triathlon series here, sprint triathlon series in the summertime. And there used to be this uh, man there that raced. And I don't know how old he was, probably probably in his eighties, but he would do the swim. And when he would get out of the swim, somebody would be standing there with his walker and he would use his walker to get to transition. And then he'd get on his bike. And then for the run, he would use his walker the whole time through the run. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Don, that's going to be you. Oh yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. I mean, the body is amazing. Yep. Yes. So, so yeah, just really making sure that you support your body well with nutrition Mm -hmm. is going to be really important for just that long term uh, in the sport, you know, as well as health. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like what you said about layering your foods. So even, Mm -hmm. I mean, oatmeal is such a great example because if you just eat oats for breakfast, first of all, that's, that's kind of boring. (laughs) And also it doesn't really (laughs) taste that great. Uh, but when you're layering in, like you said, nuts and seeds and, you know, mm-hmm. fruit or different things, mm-hmm. not only does that, like you said, give you a variety of nutrients and help improve, promote improvement of your gut health. Um, but it also, I'm sure gives you just more caloric density to, again, yes. go for long runs and go for long bike mm-hmm. rides as well. 
Yeah. Another great example is a salad because it's quick and easy. And so I know lots of athletes will do salads at lunchtime. And so you really want to think about your salad. Is it lettuce and vegetables or is it lettuce and a variety of vegetables? And do you have a grain on there or beans? Are you adding nuts and seeds? And, you know, so again, just kind of layering. So a lot of the time, Uh, especially if I'm cooking from a recipe, because a lot of the time I do cook from a recipe, but I kind of make it my own as well. I just kind of use it as a little bit of a guidance. I always think, what else can I add here to, you know, add flavor, add calories, add protein, add nutrients. So I'm always trying to think of like, how can I layer some things on here to really make it a robust plant-based meal? Yeah. I feel like that's a really practical tip for anyone listening, you know, whether you're an athlete or not. I mean, that's just helpful to get in more variety, like you said. Mm -hmm. And Kathleen, I thought what you said was really great about zooming out and kind of looking at your week versus like really nitpicking what you're eating every single day, but thinking about variety on kind of like a week to week basis or even Mm -hmm. a seasonal basis. I, Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. that idea as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the seasonal can be easy. Then you're, you're not so focused on, oh my gosh, did I get what did I eat last week and how do I need to change it up this week? Right. You know, and it just becomes normal and and just it is after a while. You don't really have to think about it anymore. But that can be helpful. And also just going to the produce aisle or the grain aisle, the bean aisle, and just picking something that you haven't had in a long time or you've never tried before can be easy as well. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, kind of along those lines, I know you talk about optimizing your day-to-day training, um, but what are maybe just a couple ways that endurance athletes can optimize their day-to-day training efforts and overall athletic performance? What are some, some ideas mm-hmm. that you have there? Well, I will say this again, the most important thing is just making sure that you're eating enough. That is going to be really important because, you know, if you're not eating enough, um, going into your workout, it, it could be lackluster. Maybe you're not hitting your training goals. Maybe you just don't really have the motivation to go in. You don't have the motivation to finish, you know, so you want to make sure that you are fueling before you go into your workout. And again, you know, it doesn't have to be this large meal. It can just be something small, like maybe it's a piece of fruit, a banana, you know, athletes love bananas. They're easy uh, to grab and easy to, to eat. Um, for something longer, maybe you're doing some oatmeal and maybe you're having a glass of plant-based milk, a half a glass of plant-based milk with that, or maybe you're just doing a waffle or two pancakes, a piece of toast. Maybe you're doing a little bit of nut butter on there. So you want to make sure that you're eating enough, enough overall calories throughout the day. That's really important, but you want to make sure that you're fueling before you go into your workout and then fueling when you come out as well. So that's going to be more of a you know, balanced snack with your protein and carbs and a healthy fat or even a meal. Um, But that's going to ensure that you're supporting your body going into the workout, you're supporting the recovery after the workout. And it's also going to make sure that you're, you know, it's going to give you calories and protein that you need, right, to be able to meet your goals for the day. So if you're under eating, you know, coming out of especially a long workout on the weekend, you're just going to feel dead. And all you want to do is just play on the couch and, you know, watch Netflix, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is okay, but you just don't want that to be, you know, what happens to you every time you do a long workout. So 
just making sure that you eat enough. And then again, making sure that you're feeling before you go into your workout and feeling after. And again, just focusing on variety, because when you focus on variety, especially with the the vegetables and the fruit, you're really getting those anti-inflammatory and antioxidant nutrients in, and that can really help with recovery as well. So, ah, so you're saying eating plant-based might be a little beneficial in in the recovery scene (laughs) with those antioxidants. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, It sounds like Don, especially noticed some of that, you know, as he was transitioning as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've noticed that just from a strength perspective on my end, um, I'm not an endurance athlete. I lift weights, but I've noticed again, eating a lot of plants and being plant-based has helped my recovery time. I feel like I'm less sore than the people that I work out with. I'm able to get back mm-hmm. in the gym quicker. So I, there, there's something to it. Y'all I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you you had briefly touched on it, ways that athletes can recognize if they are underfueling. What are the symptoms if they are underfueling without really knowing it? I know we talked about it a little bit before, but without counting or putting anything in a system. Yeah. I mean, obviously low energy, you know, so whether that's low energy throughout the day, maybe you're having some brain fog, maybe again, you're just not very motivated to go into your workout or you're not that motivated to finish. Uh, maybe you're not sleeping well for females, Mm. maybe they're not getting their period anymore. You know, you've got a lot of stress. So there are just like a variety of things that can pop up for individuals. Maybe you're feeling cold all the time, um, if you're not getting enough calories. So yeah, I think mainly, you know, the first thing is to you know, really check in with yourself and and where is your energy and how are Mm. you recovering and how are you feeling after your workouts? Yeah. um, And going from there. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine if your recovery times are having to be lengthened or, you know, having to put days maybe in between your training days, that that would be a sign that maybe potentially there's some underfueling there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, in, you know, getting injured, having stress fractures, oh, Yeah, you know, that can be a sign as well. So if you're really in your high training mode before racing, um, where you're just putting a lot of stress on your body, your muscles, your bones, injuries can happen if you're not, especially if you're not eating enough. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, let's, let's dive into some specifics. I know Don, you know, in, in you as well, um, has some things that he likes to eat before, during, after. And I know that people are interested just to learn about, well, what is, what is an Ironman? What what do they eat? You know, when they're training or when they're on their bike. So maybe what are some go-to foods for fueling during training? Let's say for whether it's a I don't know if it's different, whether it's for a sprint triathlon or for something that's a little bit longer. Um, What are maybe some go-to things that y'all pack? You know, you want to be practicing um, in your training to what you're going to use in your race. So you don't want to try anything new on your race day. Don't ever do that. (laughs) Good tip. (laughs) So some actual foods that you could use during training one thing Don will use sometimes is a picky bar protein bar. Um, and, and granted this is different for everybody because it just depends on your digestive system. Don's digestive system is steel (laughs) and he doesn't have any issues. That's why you want to practice in your training. So you know, what's going to work for you on race day, but he likes the picky bar protein bars. Um, some other things that a lot of athletes like are dates, 
um, because they're easy. Some will fill them with peanut butter, but that just gets a little messy, I think. And so I don't necessarily recommend that, especially if you're going to race or train in the heat. Um, that might be a disaster, but just carrying some dates, um, even just some, you know, crackers, anything that you really that's easy that you love, whether it's graham crackers or saltines or any any kind of carbohydrate, I guess pieces, you know, a banana, an extra banana, he'll carry that on his bike um, along with a protein bar. So I guess it just really depends on the things that you like, but those are some options. So basically whatever you're doing during your training, also do the same for your race day. Yes. Uh, but it sounds like just it's some easy things that you can kind of pick up and put into your mm-hmm. mouth. And that, I guess you can also pack on your bike or even carry with you if you're going to go for a long run. Yeah. So you always want to have your sports nutrition, whether it's liquid or, you know, they've got some plant-based gels out there and things like that. So you always want to have that. But if you're going to use some real food as well, you just want it to be really carbohydrate based. You want it to be easy to handle something that you can either put in pockets or a race belt or in the back of your cycling jersey. Uh, So again, it's just kind of depends on what people like to have. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. So things like, like you said, dried fruit, like dates, for example, mm-hmm. or saltines mm-hmm. or graham crackers, mm-hmm. um, banana, if you want to, you know, yeah. take that with you, things like that. You could do, you know, peanut butter and jelly that can be very easy or peanut butter and honey. Um, I know some uh, people like that. Um, even like I said, a protein bar and what Don will do is, you know, sometimes that's just the easiest thing for him to grab. And what he'll do, especially for a race day is to cut it into little bite-sized pieces. So it's easy to handle. So, yeah. So he can just kind of eat that along the way on his bike. So, okay. Nice. And what are some things, I know we talked offline about this, um, like when he's going out for like a long training day, maybe what are some things that he eats before and things that he does to recover afterwards? Yeah. So a lot of the time, you know, oatmeal is a Mm -hmm. (laughs) go-to. It's just easy. You can, you know, do overnight oats, make it the night before, um, just pop it in. Because again, if he is um, training for a half or a full Ironman, he's got to leave Charleston where it's very flat and go find some hills. And that's about an hour and a half away. So he wants something that he can just heat up and take with him in the car. So he'll usually do some overnight oats or he'll do the picky bar oats. He really likes those. And I know a lot of endurance athletes like piggy bar uh, products. He'll typically take either some toast with some peanut butter or a bagel with peanut butter, especially for, you know, a long ride or a long training day where he's got to go away and he's going to ride for several hours and then do a small run afterwards. Um, If it's just something short, he'll just do maybe a banana. Um, If he's going to swim, he'll do some oatmeal, something like that. And then afterwards, typically he just tries to eat his meal. uh, And that's just, you know, that's fine for recovery. You don't necessarily need a recovery snack if you're going to be eating a meal shortly after the workout. If he's traveling and he can't get to the meal right away, we just pack a variety of things for him. So if you're somebody that is, you know, has a long workout on the weekend and you're having to travel and you can't get to a meal right away, some of the things he does, he likes the ripple chocolate milk. So he'll pack that. It's just nice and refreshing. We'll usually do some 
uh, fresh fruit and it'll stay cold in his cooler. And so that can be really refreshing too, especially in the summertime. We are in Charleston, so it's really hot and humid. <laughs> and typically he is uh, training in the summer for an, or a late summer, early fall race. Some other things, maybe some type of sandwich, or he'll just put leftovers into a tortilla and wrap it up so he can eat it in the car very easily. And then if he's not traveling and he's here, a lot of the time he'll just um, make a smoothie, a balanced smoothie. Um, again, that's really nice and refreshing. And then he'll have a meal afterwards. And we just really always have leftovers. That's, I, that's just like, I like to cook enough at dinner. So we have at least enough for another meal. And so leftovers at lunch are just very, very easy. So, yeah. And it really ensures that there's food in the house and, uh, that it's balanced as well, because I, I feel like a lot of athletes really do kind of going back to the struggles is that because time isn't necessarily on their side, they struggle a lot with having food prepped and ready to go. And just, they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And when you do things like that, I mean, I know that if I'm hungry and I don't have anything ready, I'm just grabbing anything and everything. And it's very unintentional. It's not necessarily balanced. And um, I'm not getting all my micronutrients or probably my micronutrients. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it's really key to always try to have something, especially when you know that you're going to have a long training day on the weekend, you need to have something ready for yourself afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. With your clients specifically, I know you do talk a lot about meal planning and meal prepping and making sure that that is part of the routine. Cause like you said, time is limited. And I know when, after a training session, I'm sure athletes, they, they need their fuel right away. And so making mm -hmm. sure that that's ready to go for them, like you said, so they're getting everything that they need to recover mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, prepare for the next training session. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. The whole idea is just that they're eating enough and they're eating more balanced meals. And so I try to stay away from all of the shiny objects as much as I possibly can, kind yeah. of like in business, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's what I do is I try to kind of, kind of just stick with the basics and help them get that right. Yeah. Or, yep. you know, not perfect, but mm -hmm. help them understand that these are the basics that can really help them. And then once you've kind of got this down, we can add in maybe some other things. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I mean, even in plant-based eating, you know, it's like, oh, should I be taking collagen or should I be yeah. you know, worrying about this protein supplement that I could be taking? I mean, like you said, there's so many shiny objects out there. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's get the basics done first. Let's make sure that everything feels good here. And then we can kind of build upon that. Like, like the layering that you talked about with your meals, you know, we can mm -hmm. layer. It's just like, let's get the foundation first and we'll go from there. Yeah. And that's what I've talked about with athletes is, you know, there's a, I guess a foundation of hierarchy of nutrients. And so it's a pyramid, right? And so you really want to build that strong base and that strong base is eating enough calories and then you can work up from there. And again, you know, just focusing on the basics. And then once you've kind of gotten those things down, then adding other things in can be helpful. But I think athletes, a lot of the time they're looking for the silver bullet, like what's going to make me faster? Mm -hmm. What's going to make me stronger? What's going to get me on the podium? You know, things like that. Yeah. And they're just ignoring the basics. And so again, just really focusing on those basics can be really helpful and getting them to understand how to feel their body better. And then adding in the 
shiny objects. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, Kathleen, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, So thank you so much for that. If people want to connect with you or follow you, what's the best place for them to do that? Yes. So we have a website. It's called Eat Love Triathlon. You can go to eatlovetriathlon.com. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook at the same place, Eat Love Triathlon. And then we do have a private Facebook community. Uh, We've got about 1,800 members in there of plant-based endurance athletes, and everybody is at a different stage. So we just encourage, you know, everybody to just, you know, follow your own journey and what's right for you. So we have some athletes that are vegan. We have athletes that are just getting started and want to learn how to transition their diet. So you can find us on Facebook. Um, It's the plant powered athlete and we offer, you know, different courses and we have a membership and remind me when you're opening the membership again. Yeah. We're opening the doors uh, on the 29th just for a few days. But we open the doors periodically. And so that's an option where athletes can come in and be surrounded in a community that um, really gets them. You know, Mm. it's a safe, supportive community. And so not only are you learning and implementing uh, together, but you also just have, again, that community. And we know that endurance athletes love community and being around other athletes. And these are athletes that um, are working on being plant-based or or have been plant-based for years. And, and so it's a, it's a place to, again, learn and grow together. Yeah, absolutely. Community is so important, especially even more so when maybe you feel isolated or alone because you are Mm -hmm. an endurance athlete and you're plant-based and maybe the people you're training with aren't. So it's always nice Mm -hmm. to have that community somewhere else if you can. Definitely. Because yeah, the, either the athletes that you're training with aren't your family members, aren't that happens a lot. And I'm sure you've heard that. Um, so sometimes, yeah, it can be kind of lonely and isolating. And so it's a place to get good information, good, solid information, but also be around people that are like you and, and get you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's always nice. All right, Kathleen. Well, thank you. And for you listening, we will include lots of links in the show notes. It'll be easy for you to just go down and click to see how you want to connect with Kathleen or learn more about what it is that they do at Eat Love Triathlon. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.